Welcome to the cage, seasoned vets and rookie fight fans, to your tightest coverage of the UFC and all things mixed martial arts, the purest, best of sport you can follow. This is Better Fight Cast. <laughs> Leading today's schooling like usual is Joe Neubauer, our resident MMA historian who's been living and breathing the fight since he was a kid, scouring video store shelves for Pride VHS tapes at Jono's MMA. So will the real lightweight champ please stand up? I'll tell you one thing, at least we know who the heavyweight champ is. To help me bridge the gap between fans new and old, Gabrielle Tambowen is somewhere between a fight historian and a rookie like myself at Gabby underscore T. What up, guys? I am at Kroger Jr., credentialed writer and personal trainer, exploring how to maximize every day of the human experience at Matthew J. Better. Here all of us, you beautiful human animals, on Better Health and World, where we dig into the health, behavior, and comedy of what it is to be a human animal. Get that and this on iTunes or SoundCloud. Or actually, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. And now, let us delve together into this glorious, inspiring combat. Joe, what should we know? Well, what a weekend for mixed martial arts, huh? Mm. There definitely was no shortage of fights this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we were watching them both at the same time. Yeah. Well, how yeah. other way do you watch it if you're a true <laughs> That's mixed too martial much, arts too fan? Too much multitasking for me. Except for I was able to pay more attention to the UFC because that's the one I was more interested in. Yeah, the Bellator card wasn't bad. I mean, it was. I mean. <sighs> The exception of the main event, it was real. It was real fights. I, I liked the Bellator card. I didn't have a problem with it. I don't ever have a problem with the fights that are booked and it was it's the true fight. You know, Rory McDonald versus Douglas Lima, I thought was a good fight. A lot of that people didn't good. love the Michael Chandler versus Yuri Yamauchi match, but you know what? It is what it is. That's what happens when high-level competition goes against high-level competition. Sometimes you get equaled out. It's not easy. If everybody could just go in and knock people out that easy, everybody would be doing it. But you can't when you get to a certain level of this game. It, the, the competition is stuff. I mean, it's stiff. Even if it's not UFC branded or it's not a UFC fighter, there are still legit fighters outside of that organization. And Douglas Lima definitely proved that on Saturday night, even though Rory McDonald did ultimately get the victory. That was a crazy fight. But Yuri Yamauchi, he was still a tough game opponent for Michael Chandler. Hmm. And Michael Chandler is a guy I think all of us hardcores and diehard fans have been like just just like wanting so bad to see in the UFC. If there's one guy right now I had to pick to see at least fight three times in the UFC, it would probably be Michael Chandler because I haven't seen him there yet. But I don't know. I do agree on one thing. Now, in my basement, you guys were there. I had it set up. I had my big screen. And then I got some extra TV I had sitting in the side of the house, a 40-inch flat screen I dug out. Mm. And I had the double MMA going on at the same exact time. It was like Buffalo Wild Wings up in here. Yeah. Two TVs, two fights. It was nice not missing any of it, knowing exactly what's going on. But I didn't prefer it that way. Look, I did it because I wanted to watch both fights. I didn't think they would have ran into each other that much. funny. But I got to say... It was a little too much for me. Mm. I didn't like watching. Like like when the Michael Chandler fight, fight was starting, I remember there was a good fight on the UFC. I think it was Al um, Sabah Humasi versus Al Hassan. And we saw the vicious knockout that happened there. I didn't like trying to watch both of them at the same time because they both were running at the same time. I, I don't know. I don't like watching two fights at once. I feel like I didn't give both fight cards the respect each one deserved because I didn't watch them one-on-one. And that's one thing I'll do moving forward. I don't care about the live aspect. Pick the one you want to see more live and watch the other one afterwards. That's the only way you should do it. Because yeah. I don't feel like I gave Bellator It's like NFL respect. Red Zone. I want to watch a football game. I want to see the ebb and flow. I want to watch the story. I don't yeah. want to just have highlights jammed at me in real time, nonstop, and having the two fights... They do kind of blur against each other, and your eyes end up darting back and forth. It's like when you're going out to a place that has sporting events on multiple TVs, but you're not going there for that. But if you're sitting across from somebody or next to somebody or some friends or what have you, the screen can draw you up there. And mm-hmm. when you have two fights going on at the same time, it's just like a cognitive dissonance where you can't, yeah, you can't swallow either. Yeah, one. I just I just felt like I couldn't follow it and give it as much respect as it deserved. 
But with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the results because that doesn't mean we didn't have some fantastic fights on Saturday. Mm -hmm. There was no shortage of mixed martial arts competition this weekend. over here. I mean, Friday night had LFA, and then we rolled into Saturday with the double cards going up against each other. You know, of course, Bellator on the debuting Paramount Network or whatever Mm -hmm. they're calling themselves Mm -hmm. nowadays. I already miss Spike, by the way. Mm -hmm. Already, I was not impressed with their performance. I miss Spike. Did you watch Lip Sync Battle Already. or the Heather's no. mini series remake? Reboot? All I've seen. I did. All you I've did? Seen. I what, watched Lip Sync Battle. Oh, no, okay. I watched Lip Sync Battle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just because I was a little bit curious. I've watched it before. This, that's, that was the, dude, the was premier program good... of Paramount. Yeah, no. I, uh, I watched Lip Sync Battle. When it first came on, Lip Sync Battle was like, I felt like really like people really excited about it because it came from Jimmy Fallon because. Okay. Um, you know, the Tonight Show, because they have their own lip sync battles in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, so they started their own show about it. And it was pretty cool at first, but not, eh, I feel like it was mm-hmm. a little much. I was like, people are really watching, like, they were in the Dolby, Dolby Theater, mm-hmm. like, watching people do uh, do lip sync battles. I was like, eh, this is a little Yeah, much. it's like a Saturday Night Live skit they try to much. stretch into a movie. But in this case, it's it an entire the, television series. Yeah. So it's like 10 movies. Gabby underscore T, you would. What, watch it? Watch Lip Sync Battle. Listen well, to the had, name of it. Lip Sync Battle. It had Neil it's Patrick Harris, for the, so I love. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, watching that Paramount Network. I already miss Spike. I already don't like the fact that my movie icon for Paramount is always on the TV. Because it makes me want to watch one of their movies. Mm. I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling it. Mm. it. Maybe they'll grow on me. I, I don't know. I didn't think anything was wrong with Spike. I thought Spike was actually a known commodity. Mm. I just thought they need to revamp their product mm. and really, you know, do something else with it. Yeah. I didn't. Th- I mean, name Did changes. Did Paramount just buy Spike, or was it just a name changer? It was just a name. It's a reboot. It's a relaunch. It's just a reboot. That's and what doing. the thing oh. is, with this television company, how many times have they rebooted? Didn't they used to be like G three? Yeah, didn't they used to be no they like country music or something like that? And the country music television, like CMT. What was G three? CMT is still on. G three was the video game channel. Didn't G or did G? No, G three became Esquire. Yeah, I think that is still a thing. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I remember they turned into Spike. I can't remember what they were before. I feel it like it was formerly the Nashville Network. Ah, look at you go! So first, it was right. a na- it was first the Nashville Network. Then it was the National Network. Then it was the new TNN, then it was Spike TV, then it was just Spike. Yeesh. See, see how many times they rebranded? Like, yeah. this is like your sixth time. What it's do you. Been, that's I thought Spike was a, was a. I don't know. I just didn't Spike have a problem with Spike. Spike was pretty good. I mean, it had cash of shows that people were digging, and if they're trying to get into original content, they. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, maybe they're hoping to cash in on the Paramount brand because well, that is also an established brand, mm-hmm. but it's not a TV station, and it's weird. I don't see people the going. I can't going wait to go so home and watch, see what's on the Paramount network. You know, Spike TV was like a name. I, I thought. haven't seen Heather's yet, so the jury is still out. <laughs> I mean, Spike TV was a name. You, I think everybody, if you say Spike TV, everybody knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Honestly, Spike TV was the channel UFC built. I mean, their Twitter. Near the end makes you want that channel to really last. All that mm-hmm. you're the first one that showed that to me, but that they were that that was a pretty popular trending thing. Some of the crazy stuff. I never thought a thou- one of the thousand ways to die was rebranding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stuff like that. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, it's I hope, it is that what person. It is. I hopefully is uh, landed a new. But game. you know, we'll just start right there with the Bellator corporate Twitter account. Okay, Bellator's yeah. debut on Paramount Network. Because mm-hmm. okay, the UFC had a. You know, blockbuster pay-per-view with the heavyweight main event. Mm-hmm. But this was really, you know, I, I question Paramount Network's decision already going head-to-head against the UFC mm-hmm. on such a big night for their company. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is supposed to be the rebrand. This is supposed to be the the launching pad of a new yeah. sports product on a brand new network. This is a big and, card they were going up against, too. It's not just any old pay-per-view that was going on. Yeah, I didn't hate everything. Big John McCarthy made his debut as the, the, the color commentator, and he was the in-ring announcer for That's post-fight interviews. Uh, he, he's not bad. Yeah. I don't think he's the greatest at the post-fight interview, but he's not. I mean, for his first try out there, I've, I've never seen him. Supposedly, he used to do affliction. I thought I heard them or you guys say that. I was just, it's really it's more of that cognitive dissonance. I was like, is that real? He brings a fresh perspective. He knows what he's talking about. He understands martial arts. And, and the biggest thing is he knows all the rules. 
he brings us a different perspective from yeah. anybody else. Very valuable. Uh, I'm not hating on that. Um, it is weird without Jimmy Smith. It was weird seeing Jimmy Smith on the FS1 portion hmm. of the post and pre-fight shows for the UFC and not on Bellator. Hmm. It was it was really strange because Jimmy Smith hmm. has really been Bellator stable. I mean, he's really been their guy since the beginning. That's pretty wild. But with Bellator, I mean, they cut back. I don't feel like they did really over-the-top entrances like they have been, but they still have that stupid Titantron. Please get rid of that Titantron. There's no need for it. Like, no. they don't need a Titantron in a mixed martial arts WWE. fight. It's too, yeah. To, no, it's not even WWE. I'm not giving it that respect. Have you seen WWE's Titantron, the new one? The Monday Night Raw setup? It's impressive, man. Like, that's actually good <laughs> stuff. This is just your generic corny I... square on top of the rampway, and I just think it's it just reads tacky for a mixed martial arts contest. Plus, it's like I mean, Cowboys... too much performance, because that's what WWE's more performance, more like entertainment where UFC, Bellator, MMA is a sport. Like you want to just you just want to see the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bellator Titantron is like when the Dallas Cowboys Stadium opened and they had the giant cluster of TVs at the top that the football kept hitting. <laughs> it's not even that it good. Kept screwing up kickoffs. At least that and kept stuff. the people in the rafters entertained. Yeah. This thing is just I mean, it's not like you have backs I don't I don't I just don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense in a mixed martial arts promotion. I, I just think they can do away with it. Simply put, just mm, it's NWA TNA when they used to own it. I really think it's leftover product from the TNA uh the NWA TNA before they left town that they had in their warehouse somewhere. I just I don't care for it. But with the results, they kicked off their first round of their Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. Yeah. As the middleweight Shale Sonnen mm. stepped into the hexagon with Quentin Rampage Jackson. Shale Sonnen was a heavyweight that night. He was 227 pounds or something like that. Wow. Rampage weighed in at 252, and he looked at, I mean, yeah. he looked muscular, but that's not the Rampage Jackson I know. That fight was so hard for me to watch. I didn't even watch it really because I had the two TVs. I was watching the other fight because that that was just that was a hard one. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm probably the biggest Rampage Jackson fan you're ever gonna meet. I think what he's done in his career is very reminiscent of like a Dan Henderson. Isn't he the one that came from like backyard boxing or something mm -hmm. like backyard? No. Okay. Not even close. Uh, Rampage oh, I'm thinking, Jackson. I'm thinking I'm thinking of like Kimbo Slice or something. Oh, yeah, that, not yeah. even close. Rampage Jackson was a world champion. Rampage Jackson was one of the most entertaining fighters naturally. Yeah. You know, he didn't talk a lot of trash. It's just when he did his interviews or, or did, you know, TV shows, he was very charismatic. He had yeah. like this funny charm to him mm -hmm. that you couldn't help but be, be kind of like, you know, inspired by. It was just he was a very funny dude. And that changed a nice piece of branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And but you know what the thing is, he could back it up. Yep. He went in there and he fought. He it's beat nice He was the one that derailed he that ended the Chuck Liddell era. He wasn't leaning on the chain. No. He ended the Chuck Liddell era. Yeah. He's one of the greatest light yeah, heavyweights of all yeah, time. That's Seriously. Crazy. Before that's this before that's his wild. Bellator career started, and he didn't even start off that bad in Bellator. Mm -hmm. A race those last couple fights he's had, you look at that guy's career and who he's fought, it's one of the most impressive resumes in MMA. Nice. Absolutely. And to see him just go out like this right now, it's, you know, I question, and I don't know him personally, like, do you need the money? Like, what is it? What's keeping you in there? Yeah. Because I'd really like to see him retire for selfish reasons because he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah. I want to see him go into the Hall of Fame, get his shine, and, and walk away because I just don't think the mixed martial arts game is nice to veterans. Well, he already lost the 40. Grand Prix, so hopefully he will just not. He's going to come back. Like to not I mean, he's get a fighter. Beat up I, anymore. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate he's more when a, said he was. Yeah, I appreciate more when a fighter knows when to stop. I mean, like, I I would rather see them stop, you know, where they don't get too much, you know, brain damage. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, you know, mm -hmm. you're fighting, obviously, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get some damage inevitably, but I appreciate when they can. They know when to stop, and they don't put themselves through even more trauma. And then it kind of also, if they, they do keep going, you know, as veterans, and they just start losing, it kind of tarnishes their whole image. Not, not, not enough. Not always. Not always, but I feel like Muhammad a lot of Ali has one of the worst endings to his career. 
that you'll ever see. But you know what? Muhammad Ali, there's still statues being built of him. He's still a pioneer in the boxing game, one of the most respected boxers of all time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from. But I think um, I would rather see them go out on, you know, on a high than just go out. Oh, yeah. Or if you go out on a low, just just get out. So, you know, don't do too much damage. Yeah. 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 Don't start getting pummeled. That's brutal. Well, he didn't necessarily get pummeled. Um, I'm just so weirded out that Chow Sonnen entered a heavyweight tournament <laughs> in mixed martial arts, and he's now moving to the second round. But it's I'm, one of the things that just makes you go, eh, it's Bellator. But it's like, this is supposed to be Bellator. But Sonnen this is supposed won. to be Bellator on Paramount. Sonnen did what he had to he do. Did. Laced him up, got in that mm-hmm. hexagon, mm-hmm. and he won the fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to trash, because I'm actually, I'm a Sonnen fan too. Mm-hmm. I like Chow Sonnen. He has a lot of things. He has a big background with um, you know, performance enhancers. But I am a big Chow Sonnen fan. I like what he's done. Um, I really love his podcast also. But if Rampage Jackson is getting beat by Chow Sonnen, which I just don't think, and this is no disrespect to Chow, but I just think when they were fighting in their prime, there was no way Chow Sonnen ever beats mm. Rampage Jackson. Mm. Rampage Jackson was too good at the wrestling. And too good at the um the, the knockout. Mm. I think he would have caught Chael Sonnen. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch more than anything. I'm not interested in this whole Legends thing. Yeah. They announced the Fedor versus Frank Nier fight for April. And I'm just like, no. I'm good. Mm. Like, I'm good. I, I, I don't care to see that one. Yeah. Some people are like, oh my god, it's Mir versus Fedor. Yeah, 10 years too late. Yeah. I just don't care. I don't. Uh, but in the co-main event, I'll tell you what, I thought that was a good fight, man. Yeah. I thought that was two top that was. welterweights. That was wild. Getting in there, and they were fighting, and Roy McDonald is one tough SOB. In order to, yes, that leg kick he took, and it, it, it God, whatever oof. the, I know he said he's out for like six months because of it. I mean, Did they say what, what it was? like? I, I can't remember. It, I read about uh, it. His but, leg had a distended <laughs> belly. But it was nasty. It wasn't. No, it wasn't good. It was, uh, no. meta, uh, it wasn't good. Yeah, that hurt. That that would have that would have broke a lot of people. Yeah, but he showed his true championship form and continued and ended up winning that fight. And he deserves it. Anybody that can battle through an injury like that and come back and win, I don't care if they're just laying on top of them. They deserve it. You're in serious pain. That's incredible. And Roy McDonald is arguably maybe the number one pound for pound welterweight in the world right now. He does have a win over the. Current champion Tyron Woodley, but then he did get beat by Stephen Thompson. There's a lot to that. There's yeah. a lot Good of moving triangle. parts to that. But you can make the argument that Roy McDonald is number one, and Douglas Lima, the most underrated guy in the welterweight division. I don't think he still gets his respect. Uh-huh. But on Bellator, the biggest thing I'm going to take away is, of course, that Aaron Pico victory. I thought Aaron Pico stole the show on Bellator. This kid in his third fight. His first two fights, he fought two 10-fight veterans and came out 1-1. And, of course, his first fight being at lightweight and his second one making his featherweight debut. Now he came out on his second fight at featherweight and fought a 15-fight veteran and knocked him out with vicious body shots. Yeah, Aaron Pico is something to watch out for in the game of mixed martial arts. Bellator has a true star with Aaron Pico. What they do with him... And how they promote him is up to them. But this could potentially be their first blockbuster star along with James Gallagher. Aaron Pico is a guy who is going to be considered one of the best pound-for-pound mixed martial arts. I'm staking that claim right now. I think he's that good. He looks that talented. He has the right team. He is biting off so much more than he should be able to chew right now. And he's coming out two times in a row. And flawlessly outperformed his opponents. Made it look easy. Viciously knocked them both out. This kid is something to watch. I really think at the end of 2018, we're going to be talking about him in championship fights. Nice. I really do. And of course, on the undercard, I'm not going to let it sleep. Joey Davis picked up another victory. Now, this is the young crop of talent. I I told people from day one when they signed him. I was like, look, these guys are going to take time. But once they get there, they're going to be there. 
true blue chipper athletes that I had to commend them for. And now Joey Davis picking up another victory. This is another kid to watch out for. This weekend we get Tyrell Fortune. This whole Fab Five they picked up a while ago is some serious talent. And right now I think we're in the beginning stages of watching them blossom in their mixed martial arts careers. I'm pretty excited for it. That's the best things I took out of Bellator mm. on Saturday night. It's promising. I like it. And they didn't do too bad in the ratings. But we're going to move on to what really everybody is talking about on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we didn't kick off the show with this, but hey, you know what? We got into that Bellator type of mood, so we started talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we did. But really, what everybody's talking about from Saturday night was what happened in Boston. Down there in the Bean Town. Alright? I don't know if anybody heard there was a big heavyweight showdown going on. Over there, I don't know if that if that little that little magic guru rubbed off on the New England Patriots or not. Some kind of a buzz. But that place was sold out, sold out with a two point five million dollar gate. So Boston was happy. Nice. The crowd was live. The crowd crowd was loud. And in the main event, Stepe Miocic. Oh yeah. Came out and defeated that young African beast, Francis Ngannou. Cambodian, Cameroonian. And has possibly cemented himself as the greatest heavyweight of all time with the most title defenses. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Inarguably. Oh, yeah. Inarguably. Do we all agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. His current resume, Stipe Miocic, the run he is on, is the greatest heavyweight of all time. I also have to gloat because I'm the only one that picked Stipe. Here <laughs> and at the time, along with the other MMA historians that were present, and I think most of the world. Vegas definitely had odds on Ngannou winning, and they mm -hmm. even raised the odds on him winning yeah. before the fight actually started. But I stood by Stipe. Well, that first yeah. round. I've been, a big fan, I've been a big fan of Stipe since his last fight, yeah. and I just had the feeling that he was—he's the vet. He's gonna have—he's got to have a more well-rounded game. And I didn't think Ngannou. I just—I—I I had to pick off the fly. I wasn't prepared ahead of time, but I just had—I had my gut told me. Stipe, Good choice. Stipe. Yeah, Stipe. I, just, I just. Uh, oh, I love Stipe. Yeah, that was a hard choice. I remember when I made a decision, it was tough. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, you're exactly. He's what been you one said. of my I favorite mean, fighters. Stipe, he's been one of my favorite fighters since that fight. He's he's, he's just like more, top four. You could see in that fight, he was just way more well rounded. I mean, Ngannou, of course, has that insane power, you know, in that punch. Mm -hmm. But it's like once it's get past, it got past that first round, it's like it just it just starts to, he just starts to lose that power and just gets less and less. I think he. He just he just gassed out early. And well, that's heavyweight. Yeah, that's I mean, heavyweight. That's heavyweight. When you're 265 yeah. pounds and you're swinging that leather as hard as you can, that's bound to happen. Yeah. Now, I thought the first round of that fight was freaking crazy, man. Yeah. I was on the Stipe edge of my like seat. Stipe like he was in trouble. Stipe got hit with like two shots from Ngannou, and I was literally scared. Because I knew it was about to happen. Yeah, I you, felt like Ngannou yeah. was Even about though you to guys had picked Ngannou, you yes. saw Stipe getting pounded, and you were like, oh no! I, oh I no, what's like, happening to him? No. I, felt, well, I felt like I thought Ngannou was going to win, but then I really wanted Stipe to win, because I do really like Stipe, yeah. Stipe mm -hmm. Miocic, especially like the fact that he's a firefighter you know, outside of the octagon. Yeah. I just think that's, you know, with my dad being a retired firefighter and paramedic, I just thought that was awesome. I just think that's awesome. Oh, there you go. But yeah, I mean, and then the second round was very entertaining. Now, Stipe did what he had to do to win the later rounds. I mean, this was a heavyweight five-round war. I never expected this fight to go five rounds. And much respect for Ngannou for being able to stick it out for five rounds. And my theory is a lot of people have said that Stipe should have finished it. But I disagree because Ngannou threw a right hand that almost knocked out Stipe yeah, in the fourth round. if he was determined to finish it, he might have exposed himself. And the other thing, yeah. Ngannou was so big. Every time I saw Stipe try to really grapple him or strangle him, Ngannou I felt like he is just too much. inhuman yeah. on how big he he's a is. Big, big man. I don't think Stipe, at his size, was big enough to strangle Ngannou out. No. I mean, he hit him with some big right hands. But I don't think he was able to get. That. I think if Stipe had the opportunity and present himself, I he think would've, he would have finished he it. Done yeah. it but I, think he I just don't he think he could. No, he even <laughs> said like in the post-fight interview, he was like, "Look at this guy. He's huge. Mm -hmm. Like he is. I mean, he's a he's a big dude. Yeah. And yeah, you could see that. You could see that it was it was tough for him to you know you would you would see him start to like do a little bit of work on Ngannou, and he would just. Ngannou would start to kind of get out of it a little bit and 
you would have to go right back into, you know, kind of just holding them there and just do enough work just to kind of keep it going. So, and you can't hate on them. I mean, they're heavyweights. You can't hate on them that much. I mean, mm. they're working as much as they can. I mean, but once they get into those, they, heavyweights can't go like five rounds. They can. They can. They did. They did, but that's not very. It's not always the prettiest not, scene, not but pretty. they can do it. <laughs> might not be the, the most entertaining thing at times, but it is it is what it is, man. I always say mixed martial arts. I don't care about the outcome. All I ever care about is watching the best fight the best. Mm-hmm. Look, if the best fight the best and it doesn't end up being the, the absolutely entertaining, bloodthirsty fight that we're craving for, then so be it. But you know what? I want I, All I want to see is a decisive victory for the winner. I just want to see who is better. I don't care how your style is. I just want to see the fight, best fight the best, and that's all I can ask. All I can ask is to be that anticipated and that incited going into a fight. Whatever happens afterwards, hey, this is real. Mm-hmm. It happens. That's what was meant to happen. But now, Miochik, are we all in agreement in here? Or are we all agreeing? Stipe Miochik with this victory over Francis Ngannou on Saturday night. He does slide into the GOAT status. He does slide mm-hmm. in to the greatest heavyweight of all time. Oh, yeah. You put him above Fedor Emelianenko. You put him up against Brock Lesnar. You put him over Cain Velasquez. You put him over Randy Couture. These guys that have done it before. You have now at the top of that mountain as far as heavyweight division is concerned with that third title defense victory, which also broke the record as the greatest of all time. Yes. I agree. Okay. So do I. I just had to get it out there. Anyway. I get how people might make an argument for like mm-hmm. Randy Couture. Fedor had a great run. Yeah. No, Fedor had a great run. Okay, yeah. That Pride Heavyweight Tournament. But I actually do think with the title defense victory, I think with what he's done in his last, what is it now, six fights? Now, mm. you know, six wins in a row. I mean, the, the, the five, it's like he started with the old school. He took them all out. And now with Francis Ngannou, he just started with the new school. Mm. So it's like you're seeing this guy go through generations. And whenever you see an athlete do that, that is just incredible. Mm. And that's why I put Stipe Miocic as the greatest of all time. Now, my question is, do you guys feel like Stipe Miocic is underappreciated or disrespected? Um, I think he's underappreciated. I mean, look what he did in the post-fight. Yeah, he put, he he's done it. To Took himself. the title from Dana he's done and it. handed it to his head coach, and had the head coach put the title around that him. That I like. I, I think he's underappreciated in that he's not. He's just not um, very popular as far as you know. He's just not a big name because you have people just like Conor McGregor. You have, you need. Well, done. Not, Let's, you know Stipe doesn't try to indulge the yeah. MMA media. And this media. is something yeah. we all do. Well, this is something we all do. Look, when you're comparing somebody in mixed martial arts, and I, I've been working really hard at this myself, let's take Conor McGregor out of the picture. Well, I'm just saying... It's not fair to compare anybody. To Con- there's only one Conor McGregor. Just like there would be only one unicorn, or there's just one you know, Santa Claus. It's just, there's only one Conor well, McGregor. No one's well, going to measure up to... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not. I'm not trying to say Conor McGregor. I'm just trying to say the people that are the ones, ca- I feel like, causing the drama, are the ones, you know... Really speaking out, really hyping up the fight, where um, I think are the ones that usually end up being the most popular ones. I mean, look, look at I'm just saying Conor McGregor because he is the one. He's very good at. But that's what he, up his it, fight. it's just unfair to to. I've learned in mixed martial arts, and it might have been Luke, Luke Thomas that started it, and I just really agree with him. You know, Conor's name comes up in everything. Hmm. It's like he's not even here. So why do we keep bringing well, him up? Well, he's not here, but he did sort of... I mean, he didn't... He wasn't the first one to do this, but he took it to another level. He did, and that's and why it's unfair. And now that's why everybody's trying to do it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. when you get someone like Stipe, who's, had the, who's the champ, because he's had the mic put in his face and they want his attention, and he's like not playing that game even a little bit, he's kind of preventing himself from being the superstar that he could well, be. I don't think it's a promotion here's for the, the thing fight. About they, that. they took anything away from him. As a superstar. Maybe I hear he he's more charismatic when he's got when he's in other settings than he is in like the post-fight interview. And I, I mean, him putting the belt around, I don't know. I kind of like <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know the details of his issues with Dana. He feels so. disrespected by Dana White. 
So he took just the because belt he feels like promoted. Gave it to I don't know what it is. I think just the way Dana talks. I don't know. There's something. Some, some well, type I think of loss he, of communication. I think there. some people kind of say that Ngannou was played up way more than Stipe. And See, I, I agree and I, disagree with that. I didn't. So I was going to say that I didn't think in the promotion that they really, you know, really favored one or the other. I thought that they really built up both of them. You know, as Stipe is like this monster yeah, who's been defending his title, and Ngannou's just okay. this monster who's the up and new up and comer. I didn't feel the promotion was one sided either way, just like how it was with. Um, uh, Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunez were like Ronda Rousey was the big story and Amanda right. Nunez was just kind of right. there. Wasn't even shown. That was disrespect. The wrong way. But this was 50-50 in the promotion. Yeah, and Ngannou. See, the thing with Ngannou is you can't help the way that people gravitated towards Ngannou. That happens naturally. Yeah. All right, let's be real here. We all did it. We all gravitated towards that guy even more mm-hmm. so than the champion. There was some type of special thing, and I still see it about him. Okay, there's something you just sense about him that there's going to be greatness there. Well, he's had all, what, first-round knockouts and submissions? Since he's came, finishes. yeah. Finishes. I mean, that's just something that people, that's what people But see. there was something special about him. He had the look. He had every. I mean, there's just something about it. Like, you, look, stars, you either have it or, or you, you don't. don't. Yeah, yeah, so, that. but the only thing about, to bring back the Conor McGregor thing, I'm just trying to get in the habit of not comparing anybody to Conor. There's only one. Mm-hmm. I'd rather compare him to somebody else. Compare him to another champion. Mm-hmm. Let's compare Mia Chick to Tyron Woodley. It's about the same like. there, right? Well, but it's <laughs> about the same there, right? Look at Demetrius Johnson. One more fights than anybody. Broke the record on title defenses and still doesn't have the draw. Doesn't mm-hmm. bring a pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is what it is. That's just the way the and game is. And now they're is. not going to have anybody juicy to line Stipe up against. So. Right now, I don't know who they put what him up against. They, say, yeah. I think there's a rematch with Ngannou there. Eventually, yeah. no, there is. And Ngannou, yeah. no, eventually, but I don't think right away. Ngannou's still only four years into his. Yeah, yeah I think he gave, gonna, he's giving work Ngannou on his a cardio and his grappling. Yeah, like he's I'm still, telling how you, old is he? Ngannou, do you know? I don't remember. It's like thirty. Yeah, he's not I just think he's young, he's young enough that's, that's that he's a puppy got a in the years. heavyweight yeah. division. He's got a couple okay. more years. I think he could just become more well-rounded as far as mm-hmm. being able. If he can't get that win in that first round, he can kind of pull it through in the other round. I think Ngannou is going to learn an important lesson off of that that uh, loss. I think he's going to go back to the drawing board. Let's okay. This was one year at the UFC Performance Institute. What's this freaking nature going to look like after two years? This guy's only been doing it for four years. Mm-hmm. All right. Mark my words, by the end of 2018, you're going to be talking about Francis Ngannou in the title picture again. I promise you, you will. Wasn't he, like, homeless not that long ago? Yeah. Look, did you see Stipe's face at the post-fight press conference? It was mangled. <laughs> he looked like Holly Holm. Ngannou I mean, looked like he didn't get beat up at all. Because he's bigger, he's larger than life. Ngannou mm-hmm. will be back. But mm-hmm. right now, this is Stipe's moment. And I say good for him. He did a great job. He solidified himself right now. He's, he's on the greatest run. Okay, Ngannou's loss actually reminded me of George St. Pierre's first loss in the octagon to Matt Hughes. Mm. You know, George St. Pierre was a phenom, knocking people out, yeah. blowing through everybody. And then they matched him up against a tough, gritty veteran in Matt Hughes. And you always thought athletically GSP was better and he had all the tools to become the world champion. But he went against that crafty veteran in Matt Hughes, and Matt Hughes caught him with an armbar right before the first round ended. Hmm. This is the type of performance I thought Stipe put on against Ngannou. Ngannou's going to learn from this, go back to the drawing board, and become a better athlete and a better fighter. And I think How many people have beat GSP? Matt Hughes and Matt Sarah. I thought, okay. And he avenged his loss to Matt Hughes twice, and he avenged his loss to Matt Sarah. Okay. So in my eyes, I always say this, GSP is undefeated. Yeah. I mean, I know he lost twice. To defeat two losses three times is pretty good. Yeah. To, to avenge him. Yeah, nice. to avenge him. I always say that. When you get that one back in your pocket, I always say whoever wins the last Both one, if Matt's you're still though, in your prime, yeah. Powerful. <clears throat> so, I just, I, I'm going to say it right now again, I think we're going to see Nganu fighting for the world title again by the end of 2018. I really do. Or at least he'll be in serious discussions for the title picture. So let's move nice. on to the co-main event. Daniel Cormier went out there, 
and destroyed Vulcan Oesdemir. Yes. I mean, oh, yes. Vulcan looked very good in the first At minute. First, yeah. I was scared yeah. for first, Cormier. Yeah. I was scared in the beginning, yeah. And then Cormier adapted. I think he got the butterflies out. out. You could see he was he could figure he was figuring them out slowly. And completely took over. I mean, this is what I talk about with Daniel Cormier, that he is one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm if glad it wasn't he's for this whole John Jones thing, yeah. you know, I mean, look what Daniel Cormier can accomplish. I feel like he's getting a little bit more respect now after because after that uh, fight with John Jones and everything that happened with that because he was actually before that fight with John Jones he was considered like the enemy like everybody was always booing him and now people were really kind of cheering him I felt like it's what I heard you know with him coming into the octagon I felt like well, people were really cheering him on I don't know if he's just popular where here's he the were, thing about or, Daniel Cormier especially with the American fan base okay where we reside. Daniel Cormier, like Stipe Miocic, these two should be our guys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these two should be the guys we are 100% behind because they're both great human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stipe Miocic being the world heavyweight champion in the world, but he still works full-time or part-time, I don't know his hours, as a firefighter. Yeah, And he says as, it's because he, awesome. feel, he just feels obligated to give back. Yes. He feels obligated to Clean. Be, yeah. Clean. About to have his first... About to have his first child. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what he said after the yeah. fight. I'm about to have my first kid, so I none mean, of this matters. A role <laughs> model. A Wait, true role oh. model. <laughs> How much money I spend to But be yet, here? he's not the draw. Even though I do think this uh, Mio Chick versus Ganu fight drew, he's not a draw. Daniel Cormier. I mean, he was an alternate. He was the team captain for the Olympics for the wrestling team. Yeah. Daniel Cormier is a UFC commentator and the host of UFC Tonight. He's a perfect role model, never been in trouble, doesn't do anything wrong, a great father, a great husband, a great human being. And he will talk to the media. He is the media. He's not a draw. He doesn't convert big pay-per-view success unless he's fighting John Jones. And and this is what's so crazy. These are two of the guys. These guys should be the guys that are drawing all the money, especially for American fans. But nobody gives them the respect. Sounds like some Keebler elves made John Jones take something by accident. So maybe in the next twelve months we'll see them fight each other. Well, and then one or two of them will be back in the light heavyweight division and jazzing it up. The only thing I'm gonna say about Daniel Cormier: enjoy it while you can, because he set a hard date. He's about 40 years old. He's retiring by March of 2019, no matter what. So we have maybe So we got more than 12 months. We got more than 12 months. I'm predicting we have two fights left in Daniel Cormier. Mm -hmm. That's like 14 months. Maybe three, but I doubt three. I really think Daniel Cormier is going to fight once again this year. And then that March date that he's setting for 2019. That'll be JJ. That'll be JJ. So, we'll see. If he comes back, right? We'll see. But moving on, UFC did hold a press conference over the weekend, right before the weigh-ins on Friday, for the announcement of UFC 222 and UFC 223. Of course, UFC 222 is going to be headlined with Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar, which is a fantastic fight. But, of course, UFC 223 is official. Khabib Nurmagomedov is fighting Tony Ferguson for a title. Now, which title? Still don't know. I don't know. I don't know what title it is. Dana White wouldn't sound committed. Now, let's break this down for a minute, okay? Okay. Dana White said it's for a real title. It's for the undisputed title. When he was asked from multiple media members, I think every one of them, has Conor McGregor been stripped of the title? He wouldn't answer it. He would beat around the bush and say, next question. So, we're not rocket scientists, but Tony and Khabib is fighting for a title. Conor McGregor's not getting stripped of his title. So, Conor McGregor is technically keeping the real title, and Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov is fighting for the interim title. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on that. I'm so glad the fight is happening. I wish they didn't even bother with the title talk. You're just happy it's Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson in a five-round war. I'm cautiously optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fourth time this fight's been lined up. Mm -hmm. It's well, you already know I'm scared. It's the live free or die hard of the imaginary trilogy. 
Uh, I'm like excited but scared again. I want to see That's it the best way to put it. And of course, whichever of those two wins the fight should definitely be the next in line for Connor. I'm looking to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, calling it the you know, it, 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 come out and say it's the interim title. If it's the interim title, don't try and say it's this is the real title for the real title. Like, don't say that and then back back away from it in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Please, don't insult us. Yeah, I'm just not really sure why he's. Is he? Are they thinking about stripping the title from Connor? Is that why they're kind of putting it off and not really answering? Like, because it seemed to me they're most likely not going to strip him. Because you know, we had me and Joe had a conversation the other day about how just how big Connor is. I mean, the fact that he was brought up so many times in these press conferences that he's not even he's not even mm-hmm. in these going to be in these cards at all and he's just yeah, keeps he, getting brought up and he's just so popular that joe said he, he i don't think they're gonna strip him of the title because he's just that important he really does have a say like a say in everything that goes on like well the thing is take it away from and, and you're right uh they started that ufc press conference and that's the only name you heard i mean conor mcgregor for somebody who hasn't even fought in mixed martial arts since november of 2016 all he did was have a boxing contest in august of 2017 and he doesn't look like he is returning to the mixed martial arts world till september it looks like september of 2018 mm-hmm. and for a press conference that had nothing to do with him all it had to do with the announcement of tony ferguson versus khabib Nurmagomedov, who could potentially be fighting conor mcgregor if they win this fight conor mcgregor was brought up the whole time mm-hmm. yes he took he complete without even being there his entourage not being there. No association with him being there at all. He took over that press conference mm-hmm. in ghost form. Between media, between fans, between the frenzy that was going on, he was the number one talked about commodity during that whole process. Yeah. Not, and yeah. that's that's what I mean why... That's why? what I say when you can't bring up other fighters when you're talking about... you. There's no comparison to them. There isn't. Yeah. I don't care who they are. Ronda Rousey? No. She's the closest, but no. She's not in comparison to Conor McGregor. John Jones, no. Brock Lesnar, no. All these people, none of them. Nobody. I mean that compares to Conor McGregor. He changed yeah. the game and made it almost impossible for mm-hmm. anybody else to do it like that again. And my thought process on this whole title thing, in my honest opinion, and I'm not a Dana White nut hugger. Okay, let, let's, let me just get this, get this out right now. I'm not blaming Dana White because he won't sound committed on stripping Connor of a title. Or he won't sound committed about which That's title. too much money on the table. He, they're going to give him till at least the beginning of summer to announce a fight. My thing is, I don't need a grown man to tell me which fight's the real belt or not. Okay? We already know there's a belt with Connor McGregor. And we already know they made an interim title for Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee. This is the way I'm looking at it. In my opinion, the real champion is who wins the Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. Look, Conor might have won that title against Eddie Alvarez, but he's only had one fight at lightweight. Mm. Okay, With that one fight, he did become the real champion that night. But since he has not fought anybody else in that lightweight division, Tony Ferguson's going for his 11th straight victory mm. in that lightweight division. Mm. Okay, Khabib Nurmagomedov is going for his 26th straight victory in his mixed martial arts career because he has not tasted defeat yet. Unblemished. Okay, so if you're asking me who the real championship is, it's the winner of that fight. Right, and that might be what Dana White was thinking, but he can't say that unless he's going to back it up and say that the fact that Connor is on the couch and in limbo and is sort of, I mean, there's an asterisk next to it. But also, I'm thinking in the future, why not let Connor just keep the belt? You already got this interim thing created. And right now, if you get Connor back in September and he does fight the winner of this fight, you have a title versus title fight. It looks sexy on the posters. What can I say? Why not? People are look. If you strip Connor of the title today, say it comes out of press conference right now, we get we get our phones hit up. Hey, Connor McGregor just stripped a lightweight title for inactivity. Do you really think his legions of fans and groupies of fans are going to say that Connor's not the champ? He's still going to be looked at as the champ. He's taking over press conferences without even being there. So why wouldn't his fans not still view him as the champ? Mm-hmm. So you know, what's it hurt? Let them well, keep the belt. Well, you know how when you're when you're playing like baseball or kickball and there weren't enough people, you say ghost man on third? Mm-hmm. Maybe Connor could have like a ghost title. <laughs> we'll figure this out. He'll have Artem Lobov come for him. Bronze title. It's time. So 
Regardless, I mean, look, I don't need a grown man to tell me what title's the real title or not. I'm a grown man. I'm going to make my decision on which title's real, and in my opinion, it's Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Mm -hmm. They're actually participating in the sport right now. Yes. Conor McGregor, it's not like they can technically take his title because he still won the title. And even if he's not officially the champ on some list that the UFC creates, that doesn't mean he can't bring his belt that he already owns to the UFC event and still say he's the champion. He was a ghost of the press conference. Give him the ghost title. We're good to go. So it all is what it is. Um, let's just get this Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov fight done. Protect them. That is the best pound-for-pound mixed martial arts fight I can think of. I Cover wanted to see... I'm just worried, man. With like, I wanted styrofoam. to see this in March of 2017, and now I'm waiting until April of 2018. This is surreal. Have them fight, like, practice in some, like, virtual reality thing so they don't really yeah, get hurt. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. It's a... Yeah. I was just, thinking something of that. that like, was, only let them exert physical activity when they're practicing for the fight. You know fight. what we gotta do? We gotta give it the respect and not even talk about it. Because <laughs> I'm scared to even talk about it because uh, it's gonna be canceled tomorrow. God. Uh, I hope it But happens. anyway. I'm, I'm very excited for that fight. I was so excited for it. I, like I said, I was also, this is the fourth time over, I gotta wait and see. Alright, so Dana White did an interview with Aaron Bronstetter, and Aaron Bronstetter actually asked him a very good question. He started asking Dana White's odds on certain things happening on MMA. Now, within these odds, he asked him if these guys, if all these people will be fighting in 2018. He asked him, what are the odds of Brock Lesnar, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, CM Punk, John Jones, and Ronda Rousey all fighting in the octagon in 2018? He only said no to one person. Ronda. And that one person was Ronda Rousey. But if he had to be the betting favorite on John Jones, he said, you're more than likely going to see him in 2018. CM Punk, you're going to see him in 2018. Conor McGregor, he will fight in 2018. Nate Diaz and Brock Lesnar. So, but just we'll, saw him last night. Let me tell you this though. He's a monster. If he's saying yeah that there's a good chance, if all of those guys fight that I just mentioned in 2018, it's going to be rich. a good year. You're going to gear up for the biggest year in mixed martial arts history. Definitely since 2017, we had time to miss all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get three of them to fight in 2018, That's crazy. you're going to have a huge year That's in mixed crazy. martial arts with the rising wow. stars that are still coming up. Okay, Now, Diaz, Nate, he already came out just hours ago and sent the tweet and said, I'm done waiting for you clowns. Nate Diaz is claiming he's ready to fight by May or June. And this is serious. Like, he's tired of sitting around. He can't wait around forever. He's coming back. He told everybody to step their game up. He's coming back May or June. I believe it when I see it. But with that tweet, like, literally, he already had Eddie Alvarez and Kevin Ferguson calling him out. It just shows you the names in the game. Guy hasn't fought in a long time, but as soon as he says one thing, the biggest names at lightweight are already lining up to fight him. Everybody wants to fight him. Must be a good thing. Nice. So, but the other thing I was thinking, kind of like the Mayweather situation, could Dana be saying the odds are good on this to kind of spruce up the TV negotiations? Yeah. Could it be saying, yeah, like kind of like the Mayweather thing, like, mm, yeah, I think there's a good chance so that way TV deals are like, wow, we want some of that product. Games I don't care sure. if we're getting commercials. I don't care if we're getting countdowns. I don't care if we're getting previous fights of those guys. We want in on that. Mm. So, I don't know. We'll see. But he did also mention in that, that same interview that when they do do a TV deal, it's going to be groundbreaking. <laughs> so what's your guys' thoughts on the TV deal? Do you still think it's going to go more of like a subscription package or to a like a streaming service? Or do you think it's going to stay on cable television or primetime television? I what's would... your thoughts as we're getting closer? I mean, my early, early prediction, my gut reaction was Amazon back when the TV deal was mm-hmm. first ever an option. Which is still available. It seems very possible, but I would imagine that they are going to try as hard as they can to stay on a network so that they can be like a real sport because sports yeah. are broadcast on TV. It's yeah. one of the few things that are keeping television 
you know, competitive and alive mm-hmm. right now because that's one thing that you can't really rely on streaming unless it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you could, I guess, but I think they want to try to continue competing with all the other major league sports and they'll probably try to stay on TV. And I think it's interesting that Fox sold off their entertainment entities and they're focusing more on sports and news. And Fox just put in a bid for Thursday Night Football because that's up for debate, up for grabs too. Hmm. So I think that I think that Fox is going to try really hard to keep UFC. Thursday Night Football would be a pretty good replacement for them. It would be a good replacement for them, but if they could have both, and if they're focusing on sports, or maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe they are going to spend all their money on Thursday Night Football, in okay. which case, yeah. that's got to, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that that won't have something to do with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I don't know when the Thursday Night Football negotiations are up. I don't know if they can find out whether or not they get that before they have to decide how bad they want UFC. I don't know. I agree with you with the cable TV. I think that that is the one thing that is for us. That's why we kept cable TV was because of sports. Mm. So I think that's the only thing that's still pretty relevant on sports because everything else you you can wait to watch it on you know Hulu. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's so many shows you just wait till the next day to watch on Hulu or or WDVR or anything, but not sports because sports is live. You need to watch that. Or with you know so, with social media and everything now, you're going to find out the results. Mm. You know, as hard as you might try to avoid them, you're going to find them out. You know, yeah. on the TV on. And another on thing phone, about like, streaming, we still all suffer from that damn hourglass, the lag. With yeah, cable exactly. television. There is never. A lag, a lag. Yeah. well, ever unless Perfect. you lose power, yeah, <laughs> right, so, seriously, and that's, right. Perfect that's a example. needle in a haystack. Yeah, I was gonna say perfect examples. This weekend, we bought, we lagged because we, we were watching we were the watching, fights through yeah, the Xbox. Yeah, we were we were, we streamed uh, oh. UFC two twenty through our Xbox, and oh, some very we had about times. five or six times at least got disconnected from the fight and unfortunately four of those times was during the ma- during the main event which was very frustrating so that's another thing i think that streaming is becoming so popular but i don't think it's reliable enough for yeah. live yeah when for it live gets really yet. popular especially you don't trust it live yeah, no, i don't that. i don't trust yeah. it live cuz i mean we i think we did the same thing we tried we streamed um, WWE the- networks had a lot of problems with the live streaming i mean they they've been very successful don't get right. me wrong but i don't but I remember in the beginning some problems, but, mm-hmm. you know, like... And naturally, that's going to happen when most people are watching it. So when mm-hmm. the best part is happening, that's when you're most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And But I I can't really tell... Oh, I'm sorry, Gabby. Were you saying something? No, I was just going to say that I think that it would be too risky to go just to streaming. I mm-hmm. think that, that it would just hurt them because if they're not able to get a solid you know streaming service that's not going to fail on them yeah, that's how? gonna that that's gonna be too hard to do yeah. because you never know and it's you not the those... service you're counting on every cable company every every provider and it's at that point you know that... you got to worry about broad stripe holding up it's not even anything the ufc can control like at all yeah like, you're talking about local regional crap i mean here's my thoughts on it i mean he says groundbreaking Whenever you hear groundbreaking, that means something new, right? Mm. So I think they're looking at different options. I think, I think they could do maybe a little bit of both. Here's my reason. And you're right, they could do both. But here's my reason on the new TV deal. Okay, the ratings came in for all the product that came in. Bellator averaged like 800-something thousand viewers. Had a pretty good peak. The, the Chow Sonnen versus Rampage Jackson was the highest watched fight on that programming. And I still... I'm so mad about that because if that's the most watched, I still think they should have been the co-main event to pass the torch and hopefully viewers stay for the main event of Rory McDonald versus Douglas Lima mm. instead of turning in for the main event. Because I do think people stay, you know, a little longer if they know there's another fight afterwards. If you promote it right during I that mean, fight. I mean, Douglas, I mean, that, that, that definitely should have been the main event. That was so, a legit fight. That, that but... It was a legit fight but, by competitive current Fighters that could fight UFC, they could, they could actually fight the best fighters on the planet. Each other, they, can, they fight and each other, and they're two of the best. Could not fight the best fighters in their division on the planet. So um, barely fight each other. But uh, yeah, and then of course UFC won in the ratings. They averaged around nine hundred and one thousand viewers 
on FS1. So that's actually a victory for the UFC, and especially with Bellator. I mean, that was one of their best cards they've ever put together, and they still couldn't beat the UFC's undercard, which was considered by weak by many. On a night mm. where they're releasing this this new fight product on a huge network that's mm. being relaunched, like that, I don't think that's a good sign for the Paramount Network. I just don't. I'm not. I'm not crazy about this Paramount Network. If you can't tell, well, I'm I hear not they excited have. About they have it. a lot of uh, DVDs of cops in the back they can put on it. People hey, I watch like that. I watch content. that all day. But I mean, the ratings are still there on TV. Okay, they're still there. Um, now. Fox, let's get to Dax. We're having a UFC programming on Fox this weekend. It doesn't feel like a Fox event. This is a FS1 card at best with Jacques Ray Souza versus oh, yeah. Derek Brunson, and that's a good fight. Yeah. But for Fox, that's supposed to that, that's available to more homes than mm. any other programming you're going to put on for mm. the UFC without having to pay for it. It is available. I mean, it's Fox. Bunny ears gets you Fox. Seriously. I mean, Fox was the home of Friends, The Simpsons, Family Guy, all of these pop culture I mean, culture is having, is having that fight as the main event of the Fox card comparable to the next well, main event on the next pay-per-view? No. And, well, the next pay-per-view is a bad, bad uh It's a bad main analogy. card. It's a bad but main card. Well, why? The UFC on Fox, the thing I did realize, and I don't think anybody else has pointed this out yet, there's three of Fox events in four months. Mm. From January to April, we have three already. Mm. And the level has gone down immensely until you get to April. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a sign where I think they might be leaving Fox. Mm. Okay. I understand it's the last year of their contract, mm. and they gotta, they, they've got they been doing four shows a year. Mm. So before this contract ends, I guess they have to do four shows for Fox. But I feel like they're rushing it, and if they were working on a contract extension... They would want to have that would nullify, right? Like they up. wouldn't have to focus on getting these four events in there real quick, mm. and they're already on a third mm. one by April. You know that's that's unprecedented. I get you. I get you. Usually that thing was spread out. You'd have one in January, you'd have one in like June or July, mm. then they would have one in like September or October, and then they always did one in December. Mm. This year they already have three by April. Mm. Something's going on, man. Something is going on. And I do think streaming is the future. Netflix, at a time where their prices are raising, Netflix is doing better than ever right now. They just gained 8 million more viewers last month. I mean, streaming is the way to go. Cable television is, unfortunately, it's dying. Yeah, It's becoming a thing of the past. Unless somebody is willing to pay what the UFC wants to put on the type of programming that will actually get you ratings to steal pay-per-views from the UFC to put on live TV. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to pay in the lump sum of what I'm hearing, like $450 million a year. Mm-hmm. And that's just a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know what could do that? A streaming service. Hmm. So we'll see what happens. I mean, when I hear groundbreaking, though, I think the UFC is going to do something different. I mean, television is antiquated. Maybe they can figure out the lag. Mm. Yeah, I mean, WWE Network's still going strong. Yeah. I mean, really strong. Maybe if you pay, maybe, like I said, if they paired with something like Hulu or Netflix, who are, I feel like, more reliable, then, you know, I, I don't, I, when I watch Hulu and Netflix, I don't really ha- ever have that many issues, mm-hmm. especially with, like, lag. Well, it's no live content either. Yeah. Let's be fair. There is no uh, live content. Yeah, when, all, when everybody's watching at the same time, you're gonna, yeah. you know, it's going to clog. I mean, we're all watching at different times. Now, the reason I've never had a problem with WWE Network when I watch things, I only watch a few things a year of their big spectacle. One mm-hmm. will be this weekend with the Royal Rumble. I am fascinated. I've always been fascinated with the Royal Rumble match. Um, I don't watch them live. I always watch them later. Yeah. I don't have to watch them. I don't get on wrestling websites and stuff. I don't find out the results. So I can watch them the next day or later that night if I'm up still. And then, you know, like it's, it's different for me. Um, but this Sunday, it, no, I'll, I'll be working, so I won't be able to watch it live. Otherwise, I would try. Um, but yeah, uh, it is what it is. I, I just want to ask everybody at the table real quick as I'm rambling on about WWE now. You can tell it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> 
what outlet? Let's do. Let's update it. What outlet do you think the UFC is going to go to on their new TV deal? Because I, I it, dude, it's got to be coming out soon, right? Like they're running out of time. When is it up? It's up this year, this and they're already year, putting I mean, three Fox events before April. I want to say it's not even like till the end of the year. Like it's like the middle of the year. So I, I don't know exactly, but it's up within this year. You don't wait, and and Matt, you probably know this. You can't wait too long on these things. You can't come in in like the the the, the final minute and and sign something. You can't gamble like that because then you have nothing to put your product on. So something's going to get done sooner than later. Now I just want to update on where do you think they're going to go? I'm going to stick with Amazon. You're going to stick with Amazon? They're taking over the world. They just bought Whole Foods. I'm sticking with Amazon. Everybody buys everything through them. Groundbreaking, but makes sense. Uh, I could definitely see. I could definitely see. I mean, Prime, Amazon Prime is going. They'd be getting more with the original content. I could, I could really see this happening for them and really like rounding out their empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gabby? Ugh. I don't know. This is tough. I it's what's think... so fun about it, isn't it? I love talking about the new... I, I love talk like this. I don't know. I just love it. I want to say they're going to stay on cable, but I don't... I, what I don't network? Know. You think they're going to stay with Fox? You think they're going to switch? Um, <laughs> I, they might switch. I don't know who to who they would go to, but, I mean, poss- they could possibly switch. I, yeah, I, don't, I really don't know. I can't predict it. I personally am predicting TNT for cable. I was going to say that as a joke. I'm predicting. I'm <laughs> to yell that out. I'm not kidding. When I'm you're pressing her for a cable channel. I was going to yeah. say TNT. I'm predicting I guess TNT basketball and for fight nights. Yeah. I'm predicting TNT for fight nights. I think an MMA basketball collision could go very well. I know TNT's. I think willing. TBS would have been more appropriate for the joke I was looking for. <laughs> I think uh, TNT. Well, I'll tell you what, Turner. It could be TBS and TNT. Yeah. A mix. It doesn't matter. Kind of like FS1 and FS2. FS yeah. I think that um, they're willing to spend a lot of money. I think they're going to get a lot of televised events. I think they're going to up their sporting content. And uh, you know how that network goes, man. They go hard. And I've heard that name drop already. I just think TNT, TBS, you know, um, Turner Broadcast is who's going to go for it. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's going to be a split between a streaming service. Which streaming service? That's the one I'm having more trouble figuring out. Because it could be YouTube. Yeah, it's true. YouTube Live is going big. It's very true. They could be splitting it with YouTube and then the um, the, the, the TBS and TNT. I, I just think they're going to split it. I, th- I think TNT, Turner Broadcast is going to be involved. And I think there is going to be a streaming service. And whatever that streaming service is, <coughs> I think it's also going to gobble up Fight Pass. But I do think if I had advice, I just think the UFC could really utilize Fight Pass more and not even have to worry about a lot of this stuff. Sign themselves one good TV deal and bring more content to Fight Pass and they will be fine. Do every throwaway event you have, do every weekend you have that you feel is a lesser event, do it on Fight Pass. And if you sign a TV deal with somebody where you put on bigger fights, you'll be fine and cut back on the pay-per-views. Like, you would do very well. I think that is the business model. But I'm just Joe Schmo over here giving my opinion. Those guys make millions of dollars and decisions like that for a reason. I don't think it's Dana White, Sean Shelby, and Mick Maynard in control of these TV deals. I think it's Ari Emanuel and Patrick Whitesell, yeah. the owners of WME. And they're going to do what's right because they obviously run Hollywood and they're going to do what I think will make the UFC financial success in the long run. It's the Jeremy Piven character. Yeah. From Entourage, by the way. So He's in charge of everything. But with all that being said, that was a fun conversation. Now it is time. This is where we separate the weak from the strong. The strong and the weak! Joe Newbauer, at Joe News MMA, our resident MMA historian, who this week is among the strong. Strong was very simple after Saturday night. A man who feels underappreciated. Maybe not respected enough. But he feels Well, I'll let you know what. If you felt that way before, you shouldn't feel that way anymore. Stipe Mioche came out and looked like a boss Mm -hmm. on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the Cleveland native, American-born, American-proud, firefighter in his off time or no not even in his off time in his on time in his fight time yeah. still 
a firefighter. I mean, this guy really is a superhero out of a comic. I mean, not a comic book, but a but you know, like a um, an a epic Marvel. poem. Yeah. From our heritage. He is a true life superhero. He is the baddest man on the planet. Stipe Miocic, I you you finally get the respect you deserve. I I can't say enough about the guy. Literally, with the performance you put on against that young Francis Ngannou on Saturday night has solidified your spot as the greatest heavyweight of all time. Young, large Francis Ngannou. And one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. The run he has been on right now is incredible, and people are going to look back on it as one of the greatest runs in UFC history. And congratulations to you. You are a deserving world heavyweight champion, and I look forward to your next fight, champ. Who, unfortunately, is among the week. I think she's made the list more than any other fighter, or any other promotion, or anybody. That's ever been on the week. And it's Cyborg Santos again. Okay. Here's the thing. Right now we're going through that phase of Cyborg where we're getting nothing but complaining. We're getting nothing but disagreements. We're getting nothing but drama. And we're just sick of it. Okay. This is the part of the Cyborg scenario that I absolutely hate. You know, she's calling out Amanda Nunez for a July pay-per-view instead of May, when obviously they're going to Brazil and Cyborg versus Nunez in May for the world featherweight women's title makes too much sense. But of course, Cyborg's trying to dictate politics and do whatever. So she does not Nunez. want it in Brazil. She didn't want to fight Nunez at all. Right. I mean, and now she wants to fight Nunez, but it's going to be on her terms, and it's going to be in July. And she's offering her a contract that the UFC hasn't even negotiated yet that only Cyborg is putting out there, or her boyfriend, or her manager. I don't know what's going on, mm. but this is the process I hate. Can we please just fast forward a couple months to the process of Cyborg Santos I love, which is the one that when she actually signs on for a fight and she starts training, she's quiet, she's humble, mm. she's respectful, she's the champion that I know. She goes to fight week, she's quiet, she makes weight since she's went back to 145, mm. and she's a clean fighter, as she's proven. Mm. Um, that's the Cyborg Santos I love. The one we're in the version of right now that I feel like we go through every time, I'm done with this version of Cyborg Santos. Let's mm. just fast forward a couple weeks and get to the one that I love and I admire and have a lot of respect for. These two need to fight in Brazil. Agreed. It makes too much sense. Why wouldn't you? And on that night, note, good night. Thanks for coming ringside today, Maniacs. We love when you stop by. Please tell your friends about us. Like, share, retweet, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, where you should also grab our sister production, Better Health and World, where we dig into the health, behavior, comedy, and culture of what it is to be a human animal. Follow Joe Newbauer at Jonas MMA, Gabriel Tim Bowen, Gabby underscore T and me, Matt Kroger Jr. and Matthew J. Better. We love you guys and girls. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>